Hey, community fans, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, consider backing me on Patreon and becoming a patron uh, for as little as two bucks a month. It is really helpful for me uh, to keep things going and uh, keep the podcast moving forward. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Alex, and this is Six Seasons and a Podcast. Um, It's the podcast dedicated to having conversations with the writers, the creators, the supporting heroes from the hit to NBC community show. It's been 10 years since the show first debuted. There have been a lot of great characters. There have been great supporting cast. And so it's my pleasure to talk to Darsan Solomon, also known as Dave from Community Season 5 and 6. Um, welcome to Six Seasons in a Podcast. Thank you for having me. It is great to have you on and uh, really excited to uh, talk with you um, in our pre-conversation. I just I told you I'm, I'm really excited to uh, just dive into you know who you are, um, what it's like to be a, a supporting role on, on this TV show that we love and what else? So yeah, uh, but I will say this: I am breaking some rules. I am. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I've been doing a season one kind of, you know, get people on, but um, I have to be honest. It, it was really stressful saying, "Oh, can I get um, Haley Winston on next?" And but I'm doing this episode. And I was like, ah, "It's too much stress." So you are doing me a favor by by breaking this. We're time traveling. <laughs> and um so yeah thank you for uh for breaking all the rules for me this is fun so i think we just start off you know what tell me what uh, made you want to be on tv were you a theater kid at all um yeah total theater kid <laughs> yeah. i grew up on fiddler on the roof did you grow up in la did you go out to uh in la high school at all um yeah i was born and raised in los angeles actually and i went to the beverly hills schools like beverly high okay. i went there yeah, my uh, my parents are from L.A., and, and so my dad went to Santa Monica High, and my mom went to Pacific Palisades, I think. So th- my mom grew up, yeah, my mom grew up in Brentwood. Ah, cool. Yeah. Um, cool. So um, tell me about Victorious, because that's, I think, your big uh, first break, and... Um, you know, I, I I told you that I have a nine-year-old who knows Victorious, so I know Victorious now. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, so, tell me, kind of describe your role, your experience on that show. Yeah, yeah, and it's cool that it's on Netflix now because, like, all some people are excited about it again. But um, that was actually my very first speaking role I ever got. And it was a really interesting process because before that I like I did one commercial playing tuba and a Disney thing, mm-hmm. and then um, I um, got that audition and I booked it. But for whatever reason, they said, "Hey, they're cutting the part from the episode, but they want you to come and do it anyway." And I'm like, "That's kind of a weird request, but <laughs> sure, I'll I'll go on set, I'll do it." So I went and shot one day, and then they started bringing me back for more episodes. And it was like around the fifth episode, I realized that I was kind of, you know, part of the show now. Yeah. So the character's name Burf? Yeah, Burf. Yeah, they always had him eating, like, really random raw vegetables. So it was usually, like, a yellow bell pepper, but I had a baked potato at one point, and um, I had a cucumber on corn holders another time, like, 
they got creative and I was just like, oh, they feed me and they pay me to eat their food. So let's do it. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. Um, so you, this is your first thing. Like, what were you expecting going into that role? I mean, like, you just on set. I mean, I guess Ariana Grande was on that show. She wasn't kind of who she is now. Um, so what right, it, it was like I joined like a little before that started happening. Mm-hmm. And like her hair still dyed red at that point. Yeah, but yeah, I joined there with her and Victoria Justice and Elizabeth Gillies and everyone else. And um, when I got, I mean, when I got there at first, I thought it was a one-time thing, and then they kept bringing me back. So it was like a pretty steep learning curve because I hadn't actually done a speaking role before that. But I got to really see like how shows are really made and what kinds of hours you get to work. And that show worked out great because I spent like a few hours just hanging out in the green room that I'd shoot for like half an hour to 45 minutes and go home. <laughs> Were you in high school at this point? No, you'd, you'd graduated at this point? I just graduated high school. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, what, what, a, what a great opportunity to uh, kind of prove to the world, um, you know, you, you, I, I'm doing this. And uh, did you have friends who were into the, um, trying to be in the, the TV or anything like that? Um, like, I had a few, but, um, like, they either gave up or they're just, like doing something else for the time being yeah yeah like uh one of my friends though shane paul mcgee he's in a fox show called deputy right now so he's doing pretty well and i also went to school with logan lerman who was in the percy jackson movies Mm -hmm. he was a year ahead of me Hmm. so yeah definitely had some friends from high school that are in the biz as well yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we had a, a kid who graduated, uh, I don't know, a, f- a handful of years after me who was in the Chronicle movie. Uh, I forget his name. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was in, in that. And uh, uh, so it's, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, you grow up with, with people that, that, you know, go on to do that, but you grew up to go on to do that. Uh, so that's pretty pretty great. Um, I mean, it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you... Yeah. I mean, you're just still at, at the beginning of, I mean, when, when did, uh, Joel McHale get, you know, get his, his big break as, uh, I mean, he was in the soup, but really community, I think, you know, put him in, on yeah. the, the map. Um, so, um, yeah, it's exciting to think about, uh, you know, how jobs move into this and, and, and your, how your career progresses. Um, and I, I know for me, I, you know, unlocking for me the, I, my equivalent is I got my MBA and it really unlocked my next steps of of uh, where I was going and so it's this first thing moved into the next thing and um, so yeah I mean I guess that's uh, that's how I can transition um, you know uh, you've then you got uh, the community gig what was uh, you know what was uh, your experience getting community was probably the most interesting audition i've ever had because just the process well while i was shooting victorious i booked a sprint commercial they like played it during super bowl it was like everywhere like people were messaging me saying it scares me when i'm watching basketball and you appear on my tv (laughs) so um they were playing the hell out of this commercial it was like it was my first national commercial and i was like it was pretty much all me and it was it was pretty cool well jewel bestrop who's the casting director from community she saw that and her reaction was like oh my god this kid's like a black napoleon dynamite i have to find out who he is 
So she looked me up, like she's like saying like, hey, who's in this commercial? And she finally got a name. And then she got my name, she went to IMDB, found my agent and then said, hey, I need to meet this guy. And so they let me know and I was like, okay, I had no idea who she was. I thought she was an important casting director that she cast Austin Powers or Scary Movie or things like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, it's a general. And I'm like, oh, what's that? And they're like, it's where they just want to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, sure. So um, they were shooting on um, the Paramount lot, but her office was always at CBS Radford. That's in the Valley. Like, um, here. (laughs) So I went there, and I got in there, and I was just thinking, like, she was like really, really excited to meet me. And she sat me down and I'm just like, um, so what is this about? And she's like, well, I cast the show Communities. And then she told me the whole story of what she did to find me. And then she said, and honestly, like, I'm, I'm pretty set on getting you in somehow. I just wanted to meet you first and make sure you're not like some crazy person. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, great. Cause I was hoping you weren't a crazy person. Cause I'm all the way out in the Valley. I have no idea who you people are or what you could do. So I think we're, I think we're cool. Yeah. You seem cool. Yeah. So then um, she started uh, bringing me in, and it was around season four, I think. I think they were shooting season four right then, mm-hmm. so Dan hadn't seen me yet. But um, they brought me in for, like, a year, just, like, different episodes, different parts. They were just, she and, uh, she was working with another casting director, Josh Einson, and they were just pushing to get me on the show, like, pushing, pushing, pushing. I read for them so many times. <laughs> And um, finally, season five started up, and um, I got the role of Dave. So I was on the show. And um, it was like, wow, finally. <laughs> so that was like, I'd never had um, an audition experience like that. But that's how I got on Community. Wow, that's awesome. That's so, a really fascinating process to, uh, you know, to be marked for, you know, yeah, we really want to get you on the show and just waiting for that right moment. And, um, yeah, like she's put me on the, she also cast the show like in pieces, which had a few seasons on CBS. Mm-hmm. Like, like she brought me into that, like told the producer, Hey, I know this guy, he's cool. Well, let's give him a part. So they gave me a part. Um, and then now she's, um, now I'm working on getting on Brooklyn nine, nine cause she cast that. Awesome. Well, there's some definite, uh, there's some great connections between Community and, uh, you know, Andrew Guest was a, was a writer on Community and, and he went over to yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there's, I think there's a, there's a handful of other folks that uh, have a connection there. That, that's great, man. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I got to Community and it was Introduction to Teaching. Yeah. So when Jeff was first in Teaching... <laughs> And um, my character got a name because I'm black, so that's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was we gonna I was so gonna ask you about that. Of that. Oh yeah, <laughs> T- tell me about that scene because I was gonna ask you about that, and you know, um, you know, I just I wanted to know. I, I listened to the Harmontown episode, um, uh, one of the ones that you were on, and, and it was great. And uh-huh. um, yeah, white guilt kerosene on the white yeah. guilt bonfire. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I went to a Harmontown, so I'm, I'm a, a fan, and, and, uh, so that was, uh, a really funny episode, and, uh, I'm the reason it got named that, if I hadn't been there, they would have called it Pedophile's Flank Left. Yes. 
Uh, Just so you know, if you haven't actually heard that episode of Harmontown, that's going to sound really, really strange to you, but please listen to it so you understand the context. You will, yes. Uh, It has a a, a specific energy to it. Um, Dan was in uh, uh, a a really... uh, a Dan place. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so tell me, uh, yeah, t- describe the scene for us because, uh, you know, uh, I mean, everyone is list- everyone has watched it, but from your perspective, you're sitting there and you've done all, tell me about the takes and, and, and how you nailed it. So I met Joel Allison, I met Joel and Allison that day mm-hmm. um, because I, in the scenes I was in, it was just with them. I mean, um, uh, Ken was there too, but I didn't actually get to meet him. But I also got to meet Eric Charles Nielsen, who plays Garrett. Yep. We did a few improv takes because at the end of one of the scenes, like in the day, um, Joel actually started improvising with me, and he and I just started doing this back and forth, like for like at the end of every take. Like he he really liked me. I thought that was nice. So um, we tried getting a few more lines in there, just like just because they decided he should say something before he just goes to let's just maybe we should stick to names or maybe we should do names yeah um and i think ultimately that was better because it was it was just like you you knew exactly what was going through his mind <laughs> yes it, it it's uh, it sets up so well ski cap and redhead and, and yeah yeah it's just great um so you you like that you you were um uh, it, it it i think it it perfectly plays out like Joel wants to be this cavalier guy and teaching perhaps takes a little bit more than just calling out random body parts to uh, talk to people about so yeah and you really get to see him out of his element Mm -hmm. in the scene where um, it shows that Annie enrolled in his class to keep him in check um, (laughs) there was a part they cut at the end where um I think they still have a little bit of it, but um, Ken comes in, yeah, Chang comes in and goes, um, ah, she's in your class, yo, and then the part they cut is um, he has popcorn, he just eats it and starts coughing like nonstop, <laughs> and we couldn't use it because nobody could keep a straight face when he did it. Yeah. Like, I would laugh about a good five seconds and then I'd crack, but it was like every time I just, no one could do it. That That's great. It's, um, you know, I think... Um... And I told you that I was on a set once, and you know I was like, this, this. I'll, I'll tell you this: my mom was pretty awesome. Um, so she grew up with a with a famous dad, and so we had moved out to, out to Pennsylvania. And um, John Waters was filming Hairspray at our amusement park near us. Uh-huh. Very very random, but she took us out of school for a week uh, when I was in like uh, I want to say third grade, second grade maybe. And took us out, and we were extras in that. And we got to meet Ricky Lake. We got to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it was. Uh, I, I didn't know any of these things. You were you were in a much better place to like know exactly what was going on. And, and uh, you know, I think it's just fascinating to uh, to be able to live that out and meet these heroes, uh, meet these people, and and have these scenes and, and gain their respect for uh, for what you did. Um, so how long then were you know? F- you know, in between scenes, I mean, that's the primary scene you have um, from that one, uh, that first mm-hmm. episode. You know, 
are you around for you know other shots in other episodes in in those i was really just there for the um just for the class scenes i mean that's mainly what we were shooting it was kind of an odd schedule i was supposed to be there for like four or five hours and i was there for 13 (laughs) because of how the rewrites on that show happened it was just like, oh, we have a new idea. Okay, let's literally change everything we had planned. Yeah, I... I've, but they made it up to us because they got this really, really expensive sushi from Marina Del Rey and brought it in for our dinner. It was... I was so happy to be there. That, that works. That Yeah, I had some... I was out in L.A. Uh, back in November and... Uh, had some the best sushi I've ever had, and that was like, why do I ever eat any other sushi ever? Um, uh, so it, that's worth it. Um, yeah, but yeah, between takes, I really just hung out with Joel and Allison. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a Windows phone at the time, so Joel was basically grilling me for having a Windows phone. Like, what the <laughs> fuck's wrong with you? And it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I could imagine. I went, I went through like some dark times back then, I guess. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, I've uh, I can only imagine um, the uh, sarcasm uh, that he would just lay on people. Um, so that's yeah, great. But, um, the, one of the casting directors, um, yeah, Josh, um, he had said that, um, like Garrett, Vicky, and all those guys, Todd, yeah, they basically just um, called like they re- lovingly referred to them as the meat puppets because they're kind of just like there but like that's yeah. kind of what the recovery and they said like yeah we kind of want to make you one of the meat puppets <laughs> and i'm like oh that's neat so when i wrapped that day um like joel and like one of the coordinators and like they were all saying like we'll see you again and i was like oh damn okay like really and then um and then i got a call then i got uh, an availability check for another episode and it might have been the um, the hot lava episode, mm-hmm. the floor is hot lava, yep. which I really would have loved to. Honestly, I just really wanted to be in a paintball episode. That didn't happen for yeah. me. But um, you- I got I didn't do any more episodes for season five. But I got like they gave me an availability check like four times for the season. So tell tell me what that is. Uh, I think that's a great question for you know for people. To, you know, tell tell us what that means. So an availability check is it's sort of a step before you actually have booked something. If they're asking if they're asking you specifically if you have those dates available, it means they want to book you. Hmm. So whenever I hear that, I get excited because it's it's usually like a really high percent chance that I'm that they're going to have me in. But they did this to me like four times or whatever, hmm. so it's like I felt like my emotions were played with. <laughs> yeah. You know, my emotions. <laughs> but then so I had all that going and then the show got canceled. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, damn. I was yeah. hoping to, you know, go back." And then season 6 happened at Yahoo. Yeah. And then they brought me back. And you were for season 6 then you were in uh, a handful of episodes, right? Yeah, I did four episodes of season 6. Awesome. Yeah. But, um, yeah, when I got back, it was like I had, it, it, they acted like I hadn't been gone for very long. They're like, hey, we told you you'd be back. Hmm. But that's, that's special. I mean, I think that tells you a little bit about the, the quality and character of, of the people that, uh, that we watch. I think, um, um, the little C community, uh, is a big a part of the big C community. Uh, they really, 
Um, so you got to, they brought you back. Um, uh, what was your, you know, for that one, did you have a more interaction? I know that there's the, uh, the scene with in ladders, the first episode of the season six, mm-hmm. um, the great, great scene, um, where you're basically uh, trading in, uh, uh, a sandwich for a drink with, uh, with Jeff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I know I started a speakeasy. How about that? Yeah, you did. Um, uh, so yeah, tell me a little bit more about um, that season. Um, interacting with uh, you know, so that you got to hang out with um, um, Gillian and I'm trying yep. to think. And uh, Allison was there. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was just Joel, Allison, and um, Gillian. Yep. So that was my first time meeting Gillian. So I got to get to know her. You know, like looking like she's working at a restaurant. How fun! Got to see um, Eric again, and um, that was my first time really meeting Dan. Mm. Because, um, like the first episode I did on uh, Jay uh, Chandra Sekar, um, he was directing, and um, but I didn't really get to meet Dan. I think I saw him run by, but I didn't put it together who he was. Okay. But um, that um, and ladders, yeah. When he came over to me, like he wanted to give me directions, and like it was at that point I put it together. But he just basically went on this rant about like all the characters' backstory, and then at the very end of it, he said, "And if any of that confused you, just do what you were doing before because I loved it." <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <clears throat> had you had you been a fan of the show? I mean, had you watched much of the show before coming on? I didn't really know much about it. Um, my mom's a member of the Television Academy. It's um, the um, group that votes for the Emmys. Yeah. Because um, she actually won an Emmy for, she did animation uh, way back when, and she worked on the Muppet Babies and awesome. won for that. That's great. Uh, my my grandfather um, was the president of the Academy back in the 50s. Oh, damn. Cool. Yeah, yeah so he, uh, yeah, that's neat. Yeah, so um, when Community had gotten nominated, I think it was for the, um, I'm blanking on the episode name, but it was the one with um, yeah, with the where they actually built the blanket fort. Yeah, season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in season three. So I I had seen that, but I hadn't seen anything else of it. So um, I mean I I didn't really have a way to watch it. I just sort of went on and got the vibe really quickly because it's kind of my kind of humor. Mm-hmm. So I took to it really quickly. So and then afterwards, um, when I found out that seasons one to five were on Hulu, I binge watched the entire show because I, I was just so into it. It's a bingeable show. Um, so, do you have a, a favorite season? I mean, season six, obviously. Um. <laughs> Hard to say if I have a favorite season. Definitely not season four. Yeah. But um, like. I'm, all I, I'm, what I'm going to say about season four is just that it's sort of like when you have someone else come in that's not the original creator and the original creator is really what made it. It's not like he set up a framework. You, Dan is the framework of community. So when you take that out, you get what feels more like someone trying to do that. So when even the very first episode of season four, I felt like, yeah, it's funny, but it doesn't feel like community at all. Hmm. So like it, an echo, so maybe. I understood at that point, like, okay, I understand why people didn't like season four as much. 
Yeah, it definitely has. Uh, it, it feels like an echo, and and then sometimes it sounds exactly like uh, what we loved, and sometimes it, it doesn't. I think it's hard when you have you know basically the same writers, basically the same you know all of the same actors, and yeah. then um, but just the story where they're taking things just uh, was not the, not the same. So I, I'm I'm yeah, on the that, fence. That show went through so much change. Mm-hmm. Like Donald left season five. Um, Yvette had to leave because of her dad. Um, we got Paget and Keith on the show. It, it was just like we went through a lot of changes. Yeah, it's a it's a show that uh, I think that's that's why it's hard to you know to say oh well season four is is the worst uh, in my opinion you know I, I totally get it. Um, I mean, it is not the best one, but it, it's it's it, there's also so much change that to to like compare it to there's not there's not like this constant other than Dan, um, you know, in, in mm-hmm. the in the but there, there's a lot of changeover between you know seasons. Even season two and three feel very different from you know uh, especially the the first half or so of of season one. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, but Mike, I do have a favorite episode. Okay, great. And that is season three, Remedial Chaos Theory. Yeah. That is hands down my favorite episode. Whenever I introduce community to anyone and they say, what's the show? I show them that episode. Yeah, that's that's a, um, easily the top uh, top five for me. Um, I, uh, I love the Dungeons and Dragons episode. Um, that was amazing. And, and I love the paintball ones. Yeah, yeah. I would throw one of them. One of the paintballs deserves in my top five, but um, I, I really like the cooperative uh, calligraphy. It's Megan Gans wrote it. Uh, season mm-hmm. three, um, and it's just I, for me. It just captures the the back and the forth. Uh, just it's like almost all dialogue it's the bottle episode it's just so much dialogue where it's um so smart the characters do so well with with what they have the dialogue so anyway um my favorite thing about community is they could take like and i'll just use paintball as an example again mm -hmm. they can take something that just it's kind of a ridiculous idea and then they just max it they turn the dial up to 10 and everybody just totally commits to it yeah that like Yep. Not many sh- like community took risks in a way that I wish more shows would take risks because in a lot of time with community it paid off. But it was just the fact that they were so willing to do it and committed to it every step of the way. Yeah, it's uh um we were, I was looking through and talking with some people about, you know, the laugh track uh factor mm-hmm. and um we were trying to, you know, find their origin of of the of the laugh track or or when they really stopped being a a thing and i mean i think that plays well into why community can just do its own thing and and you know you don't you're not beholden to you know i I watch friends or something like that and you're like don't tell me what to laugh at like i'm I'm smart yeah i don't and i mean i worked on multi-cam shows like victorious Mm -hmm. but i i don't like laugh tracks yeah because for that reason, it's like, don't tell me when to laugh. Let me decide if the joke is funny. Yeah. And in Victorious, a lot of the jokes are funny, but still it's that feeling of you're telling me when to laugh. Yeah, it, it's. It, I think it's It's the difference between a grown-up show and, and, like, a kid's show. Like, and, you mm-hmm. know, you have uh, Big Bang Theory, which I, I 
I think it's it's funny at times. They do nerd jokes pretty well, but I at the same right. at the same time it's like, well, oh my gosh, why why are we why are you making us laugh at at things that unless you don't believe that we can laugh? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I get that vibe sometimes, but also community has the benefit of being single camera. Mm-hmm. So yeah, with single camera comedies, they don't use the laugh track, so you get more opportunities like these really quick-paced, witty jokes. Like Veep does that too, and Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Yeah, because like Brooklyn Nine Nine's like a, it's like a joke a minute, but there's no laugh track, and you're like you're trying to finish laughing at a joke before you get to the, so you can catch the next one. And Community does that a lot as well. So I love shows like that. Yeah. Well, I think um, what uh, going back to Community and, and do you were there any scenes that um, got cut or shortened or or changed that that you would show? Um... Well, aside from the one I mentioned um, in uh, intro- introduction featuring mm-hmm. um, with um, Chang coming in with the popcorn, um, they shortened that. Um, in one, um, when the one where Jeff actually starts getting into teaching. And he starts writing. That was also how I found out Joel was left-handed because he they set it up so he could use his left hand. Hmm. And um, when he starts doing, he actually draws um, this whole thing. And this was the scene he improvised with me, and he just he just engaged with me, and we just had this back and forth. And he just showed how like he could win a case really easily. It was something about like a neighbor's cat or whatever. But um, yeah, and then we did it again a few times, but. Um, there are a lot of scenes where we would just start riffing at the end of it, and it would get cut almost every time. But um, yeah, a lot of it we riffed for fun. Do you have any other uh, memorable moments from being on the show? My most memorable moment is there was one. Um, I'm trying to remember, was it Crisis Room Decorum? Um, the one with um, they find out Ruffles went to Greendale. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when we were shooting that, we had a the way the study room was set up is because it's single camera, you have to shoot from opposite ends, so they have to move the wall out so they can um, put the camera there and get that all set up. So between one of the, uh, between takes, and they were um, taking the wall off and putting the other wall on, um, we were all sitting. We were on our phones. And Joel was going through all the submissions he had to look at for the soup uh, because he he shot the, he shot that later in the day when he finished up with community. Mm-hmm. And um, he was just telling me stuff, and he said like someone actually sent him a video of somebody touching a live wire and getting electrocuted and dying. And I said, wait, this is on YouTube. And he's like, yeah, they didn't ban it for some reason. Oh god. So. Yeah, that was like, what? <laughs> so he's going through more things, and then um, he said, but hey, at least it wasn't turtle sex. And I asked the faded question, what's turtle sex? And all the cast and the nearby crew heard it, all their heads turned like, you haven't heard of turtle sex? <laughs> and uh... then they all, like, everybody rushed to pull up the video on their phones, and then I found out what turtle sex was. And I just thought to myself, here I am watching a turtle having sex, listening to that little moan it makes, and I'm getting paid for this. <laughs> I love my life. <laughs> so, so you enjoy being an actor? You enjoy, enjoy being on sets? 
Yeah. Okay. And then um, I also found out what urethral sounding was. Or <laughs> um, for whatever reason, I joined in a conversation with um, Allison and Patrick Brewster, um, who played Frankie. Mm-hmm. And for I don't. There wasn't even a clear segue. All of a sudden, Paget said, "So yeah, I know this guy who does sounding." And I'm like, "What's that?" And we're like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "Well, he took a Ticonderoga pencil and shoved it up his pee hole." And I'm like, "Why the fuck would you yeah. tell us that? <laughs> there was nothing leading into that." And she's like, "I don't know. I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, you need a disclaimer, or a warning on that one. Oh man. <laughs> Oh boy! We were just talking about how whether my sweater I was wearing was a male or female sweater, and then Paget threw that at us. Oh, she's so she's a funny was, follow on Twitter, for sure. Yeah, I wish she would. I wish um, people would give her more comedic roles because she does it so well. Yeah, I always so funny. Yeah, I I would love to, your take on um, the Frankie role in, in season six. Um, I've. I've heard people, first of all, talk about season six uh, as not being that great, and that's a shame because I think it's uh, maturity-wise, I think it's it, it it has some of the, the best uh, moments in it. But uh, uh, from a storytelling perspective, but um, you know, tell me, you know, give me your take on on Frankie and, and what what you like about the character. Okay, so season six, um, part of it is, mind you, we lost Troy. I was bummed. I never actually got to work in any scenes with Donald or Yvette for that reason, for that thing. I've been on two of the same shows Yvette's been on, and I've never gotten to be in a scene with her. Oh. Yeah, she did an episode of Victorious, but that oh, was before okay. I got there. Yeah. But she, like, got started on Drake and Josh, but, and then also, like, yeah, I, I never actually got to <laughs> work with her, which would have been fun. But season six, um, we didn't have Troy anymore, and then we lost Shirley, and that sort of came up a little last minute. But also because we were on Yahoo's screen, the format got a little different because we didn't have to break for commercials anymore. We still had the breaks in there, but we didn't have the time constraint. Yeah. So we could go longer with that. So that alone makes it feel like a different show. And then there's no more Troy and Abed in the morning or any of that. No more Shirley with her baking and her religion. So a lot of these major components of the show are now gone. What I said before about the show going through changes, like it went through a lot of changes. So then um, Patrick Brewster and Keith David join. And for Frankie, I liked, actually liked what they were going where everybody was already so out there and quirky and she was just so oddly normal that that was her quirk. Mm-hmm. But I also liked how she wanted so badly to be quirky and be interesting. And it's because she actually wanted to be part of it. Yeah, sure. So I actually, I mean, the show felt so different, so I could understand why it was odd for some people, but I actually appreciated the character. Yeah, I think that's a great, great perspective. I think the the show is, it's, it's different for sure from anything they did in second and third season but uh but it's still the same thing it's still dan Harmon, and and this character gets to play a little bit Shirley, a little bit annie a little bit um you know but she's yeah she's really trying i, I think about the uh what she was playing the uh steel drums in that one <laughs> yeah <episode>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Patchett had a thing where she'd just crack us up a lot during, like, between takes. Like, she would just, she, she's so funny. 
and and uh, Keith David, um, give me your perspective on on the legend. Um, his speech um, about uh, before I talk about Keith, I yeah. just want to say my fa- one of my favorite speeches of Centristo and Frankie. Yeah, favorite speech of season six is the one about hope, where she says like hope is where she just totally breaks down how hope isn't really that great. Oh uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, followed closely by when um, um, Jeff descri- perfectly describes um, codependency, and he says it's synergy, and she's like, no, that's codependent. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so Frankie is, uh, uh, yeah, I think she just, she adds, I'll even add a little bit of Troy in there. She doesn't make the jokes like Troy, but she adds, adds uh, an, an element of those taglines that she got to, to make. But, um I feel like she added more of Shirley because she tried to keep people in check, which is something Shirley really worked hard to do. Mm-hmm. But then also, um, and it was also like, yeah, she had some moments that are uh, similar to other characters, but it really kind of was her own thing. She wanted just so badly to be weird and be interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's let's talk about Keith David then. So tell me about uh, mm-hmm. Elroy and... Um, like I was, I was saying the um, my, my favorite speech of his is the the incest wedding speech where he encourages white people. I mean, whoever wrote that, I don't know. It's it's worth an Emmy because it's it's, it's one of my fun. It's the funniest bit um, that it just works w- because Keith David does it. I don't know. Anyway, tell me what what are your thoughts? Yeah, his voice. Oh my god, that silky smooth voice I, of his. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, when I met Keith, I didn't realize I had met, I'd seen him so many times in, in movies. Like, it didn't occur to me until after I met him and I looked him up and I realized, oh my God, I've heard his voice and seen him in countless things. Like, mm-hmm. he was in Cloud Atlas. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, he was really, just a really nice guy to talk to. And, um, yeah, he vibed well with everybody. So, but yeah, I thought it was just so cool. And then afterwards realizing just like who he was, I'm like, nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, so, he's um, been around a while. And that's for, yeah. And that's for Elroy. Um, I thought he kind of brought like that. Um, well, first of all, being having the history and technology, like, <laughs> and all the things he claimed to have coined, mm-hmm. I like that, that made him kind of fun. And then the VR episode. Jesus mm-hmm. wept. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I like that, um, he brought back that, um, generation gap that we had with Pierce. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't so cringeworthy that you actually liked him more. Yeah, it was like a grandpa that you want to be around rather than yeah. the grandpa you, like, want to send to the, uh, uh, the old folks home. Yeah. And my favorite moment of his is when Frankie says, I don't own a TV, and his face just really slowly turns to a scowl. <laughs> just like, you can feel the judgment so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think those two characters are a great addition um, in that we li- we lost so much in uh, Yvette and, and Donald. I mean, you, you can't replace mm-hmm. them, but I, I got to say, I think they did a great job at least distracting us um from the loss mm-hmm. and um 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to know then, you know, what, uh, what's your takeaway from being on community? Um, you know, how has it prepared you? You know, I'm getting bigger, bigger picture, like, you know, uh, Darson qu- uh, questions, uh, you know, tell me like, yeah, what, what was it like then, you know, how, how has it prepared you then as an actor for what's next? It's really been the most influential show I've ever worked on just because of what I mentioned earlier from how it took risks and but honestly it kind of set a bar for me of what I really like to see from TV mm-hmm. that and um, also just like I got into writing um, recently great and I've been working on creating a series not given any spoilers for it but sure. I found that of all the projects I've worked on or seen community's been one of the most influential to um, what I like to see and um, what kind of comedy I vibe with uh-huh great yeah i think creating is a is a great idea it's uh it hones uh hones every part of your brain and, and prepares you for uh for all, all sorts of uh activities in the improv areas and um so that's that's great yeah. i saw i saw your i think it was your tweet and i was like oh this is great i can't wait to find out what this is like uh what's this about <laughs> yeah stay tuned cool. let's see if i can get this to work yeah but um because <laughs> yeah I found out writing is hard writing a script is easy actually pitching your idea and making it happen that's a pain in the ass huh. and writing scripts isn't easy but it's that it's been that difficult that I'm just like yeah I, I wish I was just writing scripts I wish it was just that easy yeah I have uh, uh, a few people know but I've uh, t- uh, kind of played around with uh, a community movie script and I, I, I've, really? yeah, I mean, I have the beginning uh, figured out, and I've had some really kind words said about it. And listen, I'm not a scriptwriter. I would give the way if if it made the movie happen, I would give it away. So if Chris McKenna is listening, I will give you the script for free just to make. <laughs> I would would not ask for a dime back. I promise you. Um, do, I'm doing fine. Yeah, with I would love a movie yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, the the supporting characters play in this. Uh, not to give anything uh, out, but your your character would be uh, um, it would have a moment. So uh, damn, uh, then I'm definitely down yeah, for a movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it would be with like Garrett and you know and Vicky and that. But you would still you would have a moment where you'd get some uh, get some time in it. So yeah, definitely down for the movie. Um, yeah, I, I mean uh, the uh, the idea of of having the you know the sixth season of the movie would be. Uh, you know, I, 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 it, I was what I was going to say. So I'll cut out all my stuttering. <laughs> That's the good thing of me going back and going, okay, cut out where Alex can't get the words out. Yes. Um, so what I would say is, um, I would just in regards to to writing, it, it's it's fun, it's interesting, but it can be. Man, I like. I actually stopped doing that and then started a a, a, a TV pilot because I was like. Uh, writing a whole 90 pages god i can't that's hard but um writing like 23 pages where i'm like okay crafting this and so it's fun so that's i i resonate with your uh you know enjoyment for writing and it it can be a pain um but uh tell you know when you're coming back and uh tell us about your uh your pitching and hopefully uh uh get something landed because that would be awesome yeah, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, my manager put it really um, well when she 
um, told me um, what writing was like. She said, just imagine, it's really easy. Just take a razor blade, open your veins, and pour your blood on the page. <laughs> I'm like, ah, yeah, that, that's accurate. <laughs> and then get ready for people to not be impressed and, and tell you you did it yeah. wrong. Um, uh, but, yeah, so, uh, you know, then... Um, I guess the biggest last big question is like, you know, how is TV shaped? You know, you've been on TV now and, um, you know, how has that shaped you as a person? You know, it's, I mean, for one, like I don't watch TV and movies the same way anymore. Now that I've been part of making TV and movies, it's uh, and commercials. It's cause I know how the magic is made. It's like, I've seen the man behind the curtain now. Mm-hmm. So um, I, it's more like now I look at it through a lens of does this distract me from knowing there's a man behind the curtain hmm. kind of idea. Yeah. But um, also, I'm extra grateful now when um, shows keep to their shoot schedules because every liter- every single episode of Community I worked on, we went overtime. It was just um, it just um, sort of like Dan's creative process, like um, the season finale, no, the series finale. Um, when um, I got there, I got a completely different script from what I'd been sent, like literally right when I arrived. And I'm just like, okay, rewrite happened. And then I didn't hear from anyone for like two hours or an hour and a half. And I was just like, this is kind of weird. And I was already bummed because they I, they had to move me to a different changing room because Nicole Scherzinger had mine. Hmm. But she did a really great performance at the Pussycat Dolls reunion, so I've forget, since forgiven her. Yes. But um, it was... Um, I was just wondering why I hadn't heard from anyone. And then finally, um, uh, someone came to get me. Her name's Corinne. Um, and I said, hey, what happened? She said, we had a rewrite. And I'm just like, what do you mean? She's just like, you'll see. So she gives me the script. And um, I'm reading it over. And I noticed there's someone named Scrunch in there. And I'm like, okay. And I get there. And all of a sudden, Seth Green is there. Awesome. And I'm just like, oh, I get it. So I got to meet him. And I asked him, so like, how did you end up here? Like you weren't in the earlier drafts I saw. I'm kind of confused. And he said, yeah, so um, I got a text earlier today um, from Joel saying, hey, what are you doing today? And he said, "Um, I don't know. And Joel said, come by at nine. So he just showed up and he went to wardrobe. And um, they're like, oh, wow, you're in this episode. And Seth said, "Um, I guess I am. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, so did you um, do your contract yet? No. Um, does the writer's room know you're here? I don't think so. Wait, th- so how did you know to come? And he's like, Joel texted me, and they're like, okay, hold on, let's call the writer's room. And then Dan was, and then they're like, oh my God, Seth Green is here, let's write him in. So they wrote him in. I love it. I love it. That's that's great. Wow. Wow, that's, that's, um, that's one way to do it. Uh, it's one way to get yeah. your friends on your show. Unfortunately, I didn't get to say goodnight to everyone how I wanted because we were so, it was like 3 a.m. when we finished and everybody was so over it by that point. Like, mm. everyone was really crabby. It wasn't so a good send-off? things like, hey, yeah. It was just sort of like, hey, can we keep in touch? And everyone was like, I kind of want to go home. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We well, had you, to do a while because um, Richard Erd and uh, Leonard, uh, he was... Um, the line hands off the Leonard dice he kept mispronouncing it and <laughs> so it's like we did a bunch of takes until we finally got it right so it was just it was just because we were all so fatigued mm. yeah he's uh we'll, we'll miss him wish he would have uh, could have gotten him into the movie um 
right yeah yeah it's uh I, in all my research i actually realized he was in a movie with my grandfather so I, it's wow yeah same kind of thing i wish i would have known i would have wished there would have been a time where i could have asked him you know like do you remember you know don defore do you remember you know so it's just um yeah jumping jacks was a 1952 movie with uh dean martin and um jerry lewis and uh my okay. grandfather so pretty cool cool yeah well, I think, um, you know, that's pretty much what I have for all, all my questions. Uh, you've done a, an awesome job of uh, answering and being uh, uh, <laughs> polite to me during the uh, the technical difficulties that we had. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. Um, yeah, Things happen. I, yeah, I really appreciate it, and I'll get it all cleaned up. And uh, So I just want to thank Darsan for being on um, Six Seasons in a Podcast. Thank you, sir. It's, yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was really great to uh, have you on. And but uh, you, you're you're fabulous. You had some really great stories. Um, uh, I uh, I think uh, it would just be uh, be it wouldn't be complete to talk about community without having, um, like I said, these supporting heroes that played uh, even if uh, the, it was a handful of scenes um i think you did an amazing job so i uh, really appreciate thank it and you. thank you sir yeah it's like i joined the show pretty late but getting to reminisce like this and just reminded that i got to make an impact it's really nice so thank you you're welcome <laughs>